Right, so we are going to continue with our studies on stewardship. Um, we started last week laying the foundation of what steward, financial stewardship is. And um, as the points that we have discussed right now, as a way of recap, um, we, last week we, we mentioned that everything that we have, we received it from God and that we are stewards of everything that we, we have. And last week we mentioned seven things. I believe it's eight. <clears throat> that should be our focus, our objective when it comes to um, financial stewardship. And the first one was that we must be faithful with our finances. The next thing was we must act in a way that preserves <clears throat> our wealth for the next generation. And then the third one was we must grow our finances. It means that we must find avenues to increase our finances. And then the fourth one was um, we must not be selfish with our finances. It means that we should share, we should be generous to other people and, of course, to the work of God. And we must use our finances wisely. That was the fifth point. The seed one was that we must use um, God's resources to bring him glory. The way we spend our money, the way we use our finances must bring glory to God. And then number seven, we must not be covetous and we must not be obsessed with making money. And so today we are going to discuss, um, we're going to continue with how we can meet these objectives or we are going to discuss five ways uh, or maybe six that we can um, achieve these objectives that we set for ourselves last week. Um, like I said last week, we are going to make it very practical. And then um, next week, we'll talk about um, the faith dimension. Now, I, I remember when Pastor Steve was teaching us about faith. He, does not, he said that faith does not mean that you don't have to think and you don't have to use your head or you don't have to reason. Faith does not mean that you, you don't have to take logical steps. If you remember the teachings that we did on, 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 on faith. So today we are going to um, discuss um, the steps that we need to take to be able to meet this objective. And um, like I said um, last week, a lot of people um, are not excited or are not happy when, when we talk about finances in church. But as human beings, as, as long as we continue to live here on earth, <clears throat> then definitely money is something that we need. And the Bible talks about everything, every topic here on earth. The Bible talks about it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24 that it's through wisdom a house is established. And by understanding, I'm sorry, through wisdom a house is built. And by understanding it's established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So it is important for us to have knowledge in this area as well. Now, the first thing I want us to talk about before, before, before then, I want us to read this scripture uh, in John chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. John chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. I'll be reading from the NIV. I'll be reading this passage from the NIV. Verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over. 
by those who had eaten them. This, this is a story that we are very familiar with. Um, this is when Jesus Christ um, prayed over the five loaves of bread <clears throat> and, then, and, and then the fishes. And he fed the 5,000 men. Now, so verse 10 talks about where Jesus Christ asked them to sit down. He asked the men to be put in a particular order. So you, you see that Jesus was giving us an example of leadership that he, that he needed to set the place in order first. And then after they had finished eating, the Bible says everyone had had enough to eat. Jesus again said in verse 12, verse 12 says that when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. Everybody had had enough to eat. They were satisfied. They were okay. Yet Jesus Christ said, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. He was teaching the disciples a very, and every Christian who read this passage, a very important principle. That is to avoid waste. Because why would you think Jesus Christ, after he has been able to multiply five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people, why can't he do it again? He can do it again if he wants to. He can create food out of nothing. But yes, still, he said that after he had created the miracle, everybody had eaten enough. He said, gather the pieces together. When you, when you read um, the, the New King James, he says, gather the, gr- the cramps together. It means that the, even the broken pieces, Jesus Christ didn't want it to be wasted. He said that so that nothing will be wasted. And as believers, one thing that we need to take note of with regards to stewardship and when it comes to financial stewardship is to avoid waste. The Lord that we serve, Jesus Christ, does not want anything to be wasted. Verse 12, he says, let nothing be wasted. And so the first thing I want us to talk about this evening is frugality. That is, we have to be frugal with the resources that God has given us. We have to use the, use the resources. We have to use our finances wisely because he does not want us to waste our resources. The fact that you'll be able to get it again does not mean you should waste it. The fact that to you it is it is so tiny and it is not it doesn't have much value in your eyes does not mean that you have to waste it. And so when we talk about frugality or when we talk about being frugal, it means using your resources wisely. It also means that not being excessive or not being wasteful. And so as believers, the first thing with regards to our financial stewardship is to avoid being wasteful. um, Last week, when we read Luke chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, I'm going to read that again. I mean, because this is Bible studies, I'll be reading a lot of scriptures. It says that uh, Luke chapter 1, verse chapter 16, verse 1 to 6, the Bible says that he also said to his disciples, there was a certain man who had who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be my steward. So if you, want to be, if you want to continue as a steward of God, then you must avoid waste in the use of your resources. There, there are ways that we use our money that is equal to wasting the money. And you, you realize that our Lord doesn't want us to waste anything. It might be just a dollar. Or even a penny, but he doesn't want anything to go waste. 
One of the reasons why people waste things is because they don't place value on little, 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 little things. There are things that might look very little and to you, they are of no value. But you need to place value on every single dollar that you have. And you must ensure that it does not go waste. And so the first way to achieve these seven objectives, eight objectives that we set last week, the first thing we have to do is to avoid waste. In the use of our resources. The Lord commanded that they should gather all the crumbs. You ask yourself, why is the Lord interested in the crumbs? He can't he, he can't he perform a miracle again? Or is it that they will run out of bread? No, they wouldn't run out of bread. But I believe that he was teaching a very important principle that he does not support waste. And so as believers, we need to cut off waste from our expenses. If we'll be able to cut off waste from our expenses, we need to, first of all, even be able to identify what part or what portion of our expense is waste. And that is why we need a budget. You need to set a budget or set a target. Usually what you don't measure, it is either not done or not done properly. If you, nobody's going to measure, if nobody's going to, no, nobody's going to assess something, then it's either not done or it's, it's not done properly. But where there's going to be an assessment or where something is going to be measured, then a lot of effort is put into it to ensure that it is done properly. And so you need to set a target for yourself. You need to set a budget for yourself and, and ensure that you meet the budget. If at the end of the month, you need to compare your expenses to the budget or to the target. Identify which areas were excess, I mean, went beyond the budget that you have. Now, most of the banks do very well. They are able to um, group our credit card expenses into various categories. We can even start with that as a way of measuring our expenses. Look at how, look at how um, you spent your money for every month. How much went into food? How much went into clothing? How much went into gas? And identify areas that you can cut off waste. If we are going to be if we are going to be blessed by God and we are going to be good stewards, then the one thing that we need to check is to avoid waste in our expenses. And so we must assess our expenses on a monthly basis and we must be disciplined in our expenses. I remember one time we went to church when we were in California and um, there was this lady who could sing very well and she was, she was joining the, she was singing, joining the worship and she was, she had a very nice voice. And even though we're enjoying the voice, the song that was coming from the stage, we're also enjoying her singing behind us. She was sitting right behind us and she was singing over us so we could hear her and enjoying it. And then when the pastor was preaching, it got to a point, the woman, the lady started weeping. I even thought that she was, she, I mean, she, she, she was just enjoying the message and she was excited and she was just weeping. So, um, one, one brother approached her and asked her, what is wrong? Why are you weeping? She said, what the pastor is saying is his problem, is her problem. That's exactly the problem, problem she's facing. She spends too much money. She likes shopping. Her hobby is shopping and it has put her into so much debt. And she was crying. That, that, that's her problem. So we need to be disciplined financi financially. Credit card, uh, it's a blessing. But if you don't take care, it can be a curse as well and put you into a lot of debt. So we should uh, measure our expenses. We should, every month we should assess it and ensure that 
we cut off waste from our expense so the first point is that we need to be frugal we need to use the expenses uh, sorry we need to use our finances wisely every blessing every financial blessing that god gives us we need to use it wisely and 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 in luke chapter 15 the bible it talks about the prodigal son who took his father's um resources and and wasted them he wasted his father's resources and when the bible says when he came he came back to his says maybe it'd be good for me to read even though it's a long um passage i i i'm gonna check the time it would be good for us to read that so i'm just gonna read from luke um luke chapter 15 verse 11 to 32 um jesus christ said um was telling them a story a parable he said then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, then wasted his, his, uh, his possessions with prodigal living or wasteful living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. <clears throat> then he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and he sent him into the field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pots that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's high servants have bread enough to to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him the son said to him father i have sinned against heaven and in your sight and i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servant bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and the sandals on his feet i'm just going to jump to um i'm just going to jump to verse 25 now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house. He had music and dancing. And he called out, he called one of the servants and asked, What 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 um what he asked what these things meant? And he said to him, Your brother has, has come, and because he has because he was received, I'm sorry, because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted cow. But he was angry and will not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlot, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all I have is yours. And so the Bible tells us about this wasteful son who took his father's livelihood, went out there and wasted everything that his father had given him. 
And so God, it, it paints a picture of God being generous and giving us whatever we ask of, we ask of him. God is generous to us and he will bless us. He will give us what, we, but then when we are wasteful, Bible says that, and there came, there, there, there was time of famine. And the guy had wasted everything he had. He had wasted. He was he. He was not frugal. He was not wise with what the father had given him. He wasted everything, and he ran out of money, and he became hungry. And so this teaches us a lesson about being wasteful. That as God blesses us, we don't have to be wasteful. We don't have to misuse the blessings that God gives us. We have to ensure that we put it into good use. Now, the story of the elder brother takes me to my next point. The elder brother was with the father every time. He said, I obeyed everything you tell me. I do everything you tell me to do. But you have never given me. And the father told him everything I have. But he look at the accusation he brought against his brother. He said, but this son of yours, who has devoured his livelihood with harlots. I don't know how he was able to know that his younger brother was wasting his livelihood on harlots. I don't know if he, he, he had, I don't know if he had some information on how the younger brother lived his life, but he was accusing the younger brother of wasting his livelihood with Harlot. And his father told him, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. This elder brother also had everything, but he never used it. And so the next thing is that to be good stewards, we need to maximize every opportunity. At every point in our lives, wherever we find ourselves, we need to assess the opportunities around us and take advantage of the opportunities around us. This brother was with the father. If he had decided, he, he had his portion of the goods, but he didn't do anything. The other brother, the younger brother took his portion and wasted it. Of course, we are not saying that is what we must do. But you, the elder brother, who also had your portion of the goose, you did not use it for anything. And if as Christians, you might be a Christian for so long and God might have been, God might have given you ideas that you could use to make money. God might have shown you things that you, businesses that you could get into to make money. But you are always there still praying and waiting on God to do something for you. Meanwhile, God has already given you ideas that you have to step out. This younger brother stepped out, even though because he stepped out and wasted everything because he did not have the right wisdom. He did not, I mean, he did not have wisdom from above. He just wasted everything that he, he took from his father. This brother, this elder brother had a good attitude, but he did not venture out. He did not take advantage of the opportunities that were available to him. And as believers, if we don't take advantage of the opportunities that are available to us, one day we'll be complaining just like this brother is complaining that this, this person just came to the church, but see how God has blessed him. This person just became a born again, but see how his business is going on. Why? Because they, they are people who venture out into the world and, th- and, and try to do new, th- new things. But believers will sit down, be praying and not take action. So after we have prayed, God gives us ideas. We need to step out and take advantage of the ideas that God has given us. Let's look in our environment and take advantage of the opportunities that we have. Let's not become like this elder brother, sitting down always and not venturing into anything. We need to use our faith to take, to take some kind of risks. And so in business, you, have to, you do what we call a SWOT analysis. That is 
um, you, you, you weigh your strength and your weakness and you look at the opportunities and the threats and which of the opportunities matches with your strength and which of the threats can you use your, your strength to overcome so that you can take advantage of that whatever you have in your environment. Um, one of the things, one of the things that a lot of people don't take advantage of that I was discussing with Lily, we, um, we discussed some time ago was um, when it comes to the companies matching um, our 401k. So a lot of companies um, have um, a limit that they match the 401k for their workers. For instance, some, some companies will decide that they are going to match your 401k 10%. It means that if you invest um, up to 10% of your salary, the company is also going to add 10% to it, and then they will put it in your 401k. But if you invest less than 10% of your salary, then the company will just add what you have invested. What that means is that the portion that you did not invest, the company still saves it and the company takes it. They don't add it to your salary and you don't get anything from it. So a lot of people um, don't take advantage of this, this particular um, 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 uh, this particular um, benefits that a company offers them. So while we're just discussing this recently. I'm like, we, we said, ah, so if the company doesn't do anything, they won't tell you that you are supposed to max it out. If you don't max it, they, they get to keep their money. You work, you, you work for them, you give them the same number of hours. But if you, don't, if you don't max it out, they also don't care. And this is an opportunity. This is money that um, a lot of people are leaving on the table. And so um, when it comes to selecting our benefits, we should look at that area as well. And then, um, we, again, we should always study the business trend. There might be investment opportunity. Most, the average person doesn't doesn't like listening to the um the business news it's not the it's not the business news doesn't really excite the average person and when they start talking about the business we'll just flip the channel and go to another place but then we should just take time and listen to the business because if if you are searching for opportunities you don't you don't know if you might hear something in the news that will i mean that will will, will Will, call, will, will pick your interest and cause you to invest in. So, for instance, when this pandemic started, the people who were fast enough, or let me say smart enough to invest in um, stocks like Zoom, they have been able to double and some of them triple their investment. But uh, before, by the time we realized it was too late, <laughs> so we couldn't take advantage of it. But you see, we were all going through the crisis together, but others were looking for the opportunities in the crisis. Whilst most of us, including myself, were just praying that the pandemic should go. So in every case, in every um, instance, wherever we are, we should be curious about the opportunities that are available. We might, if I'm sure that if we were looking out for the opportunity that is available in the midst of the pandemic, maybe we would have thought that, okay, Zoom is a good stock that we, we can buy and we'll make money. But a lot of people... The people who, who took that step, um, uh, they, even though they went through the pandemic with us, we all felt the pain. But in another instance, they'll be laughing because their stocks have doubled. So as believers, in every case, every situation, let's look out for opportunities. That it, 
Let's, it's not. It's just. It, it's not an issue of just praying and just praying and praying and believing God that one day, like I said, most of us, most believers are just praying and believing God that something is going to happen one day that will turn their lives around. But these are a few practical steps that we can take. Even in the U.S. where we are right now, we should always be searching out for opportunities, because it's. it's I, I believe that when it comes to um, finances, you, if you. I mean, generally in life, if you want to do anything good, it has to be deliberate. And you, you have to, if you're going to succeed in anything, it has to be deliberate. It has to be something that you are working towards. It doesn't, <clears throat> the ones that happen by chance are very few. And so if we are going to be good stewards, then we have to be deliberate about our finances. We need to set time aside to think about the steps that we want to take or the measures that we want to take to improve or to um make our finances better so as we live here wherever we are we should look out for opportunities because we will never know we will never know by which channel that god is going to use to bless us and being a christian that even gives you an advantage if you hear of any opportunity you pray about it and the holy spirit inside of you will guide you and will tell you whether it is a good thing to to pursue or not and so let's be out there looking for opportunities. Let's look for the opportunities in our area, wherever we are working. Let's look for opportunities. When we hear the business news, if, if you are somebody who is interested in stocks, just watch the stock movement. Look at how it's going. If you're not interested in stock, just, just be interested in the business environment. Listen to the opportunities available and see which one um, you can take advantage of. <coughs> Now, the next passage I want to read <coughs> is Genesis chapter 25, verse 29. <coughs> I'm sorry. So I'm going to read Genesis chapter 25, verse 29. The Bible says, Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came into the field, came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with this this." The same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I am about to die. So what is what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Then Esau despised his birthright. Now, when we read this story, the first thing that comes to our mind or the popular th thought that comes to our mind is that, oh, Jacob is a trickster. He tricked his brother. He took away his birthright. But when you look at the story again, another person can take the view that Jacob negotiated with his brother. They just negotiated. The brother didn't know his, the worth of what he had, but Jacob knew it, and Jacob cut a good deal for himself. His brother decided that he was going to just eat the bean stew. <laughs> I don't know if it was bean stew. He decided to take it and eat, and then <laughs> he gave out his birthright. And so Jacob negotiated his way out. And so as believers, we are going to face business situations in the business world there are going to be so many situations that we have to negotiate. 
And so when we are going into negotiation, we have to negotiate well so that people don't take advantage of us. I remember I went to a conference some years ago, and one of the things I took away is that, that I still remember is that life will not give you what you deserve. It will give you what you negotiate for. <clears throat> a lot of people that we deal with in the business world, they will not give us what we deserve, but they will give us what we negotiate for. And so we are going to enter into so many negotiations, maybe buying something or salary negotiation or selling something. We have to negotiate well. Most of the times we leave everything. Oh, we are going to leave everything to God. <clears throat> and so we go to the negotiation table unprepared. And when you go unprepared, definitely the people are there. Some of the people we are going to meet are not believers who are going to be fair with us. God has favored you. Yes, God gave you favor but you did not prepare to negotiate. And so this should be at the back of our mind when we are going to negotiate. We are going to, um, to cut any business deal, but we need to negotiate well. Jacob negotiated with his brother. He said, I want your birthright. And the guy also said, I want a bowl of bean stew. I call it bean stew. I, I, I don't know if it's bean stew. So <laughs> he took the bean stew and ate, and then he gave out his birthright because he did not value what he had. And so we saw that Jacob won this negotiation. But later in the future, Jacob also cut a bad deal for himself. In Genesis chapter 29, verse 14 and 20, I'm going to read again. Laban said to him, surely you, you are my bone and my flesh. And he said, and he, and he stayed with him for a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me. What should be your wages? I'm sorry. What should your wages be? Then Laban. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder is Leah, and the name of the younger is Rahel. Leah's eyes were delicate, and Rahel was beautiful of form and appearance. Now Jacob loved Rahel, so he said, "I will serve. I will serve you seven years for Rahel, your younger daughter." Imagine. I know that we most of the times we praise Jacob for being the lover boy here and demonstrating that he loves Rahel. But you see, the thing was, you were asked, how much do you want me to pay you? And his, his response was that I will work seven years for a wife. I mean, he could have said, I will work one year for a wife. I will work two years, three years. But he decided to say, I'll work seven years for a wife. I mean, <clears throat> I, I think that uh, even if he had worked for one year, he, it, 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 it meant that he still loved Rahel, right? Even if he had worked one year, it doesn't mean that he didn't love Rahel. But I think that Jacob just, just didn't make a good deal. And he decided to work for seven years for, for a wife. And his father-in-law saw that, okay, then let me just let him work 14 years. And so even though Jacob had all the blessings that his father had declared upon his life, there were times that he had to make decisions. And I think that um, deciding to work seven years was not so much of a good deal. Even though it demonstrated, Bible says that, and the days were so few for Jacob because he loved Rahel so much. And so we praise Jacob, we praise Jacob a lot for, for, for being able to work for seven years for a wife. But um, I think that on the other side, it wasn't so much of a good, uh, he didn't negotiate. Uh, most of the times when you go to the negotiation table and you have your heart into what you are negotiating for and the person you are negotiating with realize that you cannot walk away from the deal, 
then they, they have an upper hand over you. They have an advantage over you. And so when we go to negotiation, we don't make our um, the other stakeholder feel that we cannot walk away from the deal because it, it, it gives the person an advantage over us and the, pers- the, pe- the people are able to man- manipulate us. And so um, R- um, Jacob, in one instance, was able to get a good deal for himself when he took his brother's birth, right? And then he went away to his 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 fa- um his uncle, and then it, it um he decided that his uncle asked him, "How much do you want me to pay you?" Then he himself willingly voluntarily said, "I am going to work seven years for Rahel." I believe that he could have um, maybe said one year, maybe started from one year. Let me work one year for Rahel, and his father-in-law would say no. Then he's okay, okay. Then let's do it two years or three years. I'm sure that maybe he wouldn't have got into seven years let alone um, 14 years for two wives. And so um, as believers, when the grace of God is upon us and the blessings of God is upon us, when we go out there in the business world, we are definitely going to negotiate with people and we have to prepare, do our homework, do our background check, get the necessary information before we get to the negotiation table. Let's not just say that, oh, I leave everything into the hands of God. God will just favor me and the person will say, I'll give you everything. No, most of the times, those ones don't happen. God has favored you so that whatever you say, the person will agree to it. And so let's get the, the, um, the necessary information as we go to the negotiation table. It is part of um, being a good steward of the resources that um, God has blessed us with. Now, the we- all the, um, the wealth that um, Pharaoh got as a result of Jacob, um, Joseph being a governor, was because Jacob, um, Joseph negotiated with the people. It was through negotiation. He said, okay, we are going to give you food for all your, um, for all your animals and your, your, your cows, your donkeys. And he said, okay, fine, give us food for that. And then they, um, he, gave, he gave food to the people of Egypt and Canaan, and they brought all the animals. And the Bible says when, they, when the animals were finished, he said, okay, they were still hungry. And he said, okay, now we'll bring, we'll give you food for your land. So they were, he was just negotiating with them. And that was how he was able to collect all the wealth of Egypt and Canaan for Pharaoh because he negotiated with the people. And so as believers, um, we need to prepare. When we step out into the world, when we are going to cut business deals, we need to prepare to um, negotiate because um the people out there in the world are always willing to take advantage of us there are people that who do business they are trying to get the best out of um whatever business they are whatever deal that we are going to enter into with them and most of the time we also go into the deal just with prayer and not oh we are prayed and we just trust that everything else is going to work but after you have prayed um let's prepare um to to um, negotiate for whatever we want or whatever we're expecting from the business. Um, the next thing I want us to talk about is we have to save. We should make savings a habit. Savings should be a habit as believers. Um, most of the times when you read um, those books, um, that talk about riches and investment. The first, it it always says that you have to save first before you spend. Don't spend and save the leftover. But then you have to decide that you are going to save a portion 
that portion has to come out first as a as a believer when you have um <clears throat> I, I i quite remember one man of god teaching who says first the first thing you have to do when you pay your tithe you first thing is you pay your tithe two when you own if you owe somebody you pay your debt and three and then you save and so it is important if you don't have any debt that is good so when you take out your tithe the next thing you have to do is to save the bible talks about the the uh, the fatted cows and then the lean cows when when pharaoh had a vision and they were going to be very seven years of fat cows and then he saw seven fat cows and seven lean cows now the fat cows <coughs> now the lean cows um swallow swallowed <coughs> swallowed the fat cows and so there's going to be times like that here on earth like in the case of the prodigal son where there was scarcity and he didn't have food to eat but he had wasted everything he had he had not saved anything and so the reason why Egypt was saved was because God blessed um, Joseph with the wisdom to save when they had abundance. And so as believers, as we are working right now, as everything is going on well, we need to cultivate a habit of, of saving so that when it's necessary, we will have enough resources and we will not be um, found wanting when there is scarcity. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20, the Bible says that there is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. And so he's telling Proverbs, the books of this particular verse is telling us that he who squanders everything is not, it's not being wise. But when you go to the house of the wise person, there is desirable treasure. And so a wise person saves for tomorrow a wise person saves money for tomorrow and so we need to get a habit of saving you see this is important for financial stewardship it's not a matter of oh god bless me let me have a lot of money i want one thing to happen right now that will change me change my life forever and reverse the order of my life when you have little when even the little that you you have you are not making an attempt to save anything the bible says he who is faithful over little will be faithful in much sometimes you think that you don't have enough to save and so that is the reason why you don't save but then um when you make it a habit to save before you spend the savings comes out of your money even before you try you start spending and so it is a way of safeguarding the resources that God has blessed you. It is a way of demonstrating good stewardship when you save some of the resources that God has blessed you with. And the Proverbs tells us that a person, the person who saves is wise. So <clears throat> before we spend anything out of our income, the first thing we have to do is to <clears throat> save some of the income that we have made. Amen. Now, the last thing I want to talk about for today is hard work. Hard work. The blessings of God does not mean that you are not going to work hard. When the Bible, when a lot of people, a lot of believers think that, oh, if God blesses you, it does not mean you are, it means you don't have to work hard. But no, look at the, um, the people, the people that worked with God in the Old Testament they were working 
and they were working hard. Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 19, it says, He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. Verse 22, Proverbs 22, verse 29 also says that, Do you see a man diligent and skillful in his business? He will stand before kings and he will not stand before obscure men. And so the Bible talks about hard work. The blessings of God. Some people say the reward for work is more work. And so you are going to be rewarded with more work. And that is also a blessing. And so let's not um, um, think that the fact that God blesses us means that we are not supposed to work hard. No, we have to give up our best at our various workplaces. If you are running your own business as well, you have to give up your best. Jacob, God bless Jacob. God gave Jacob an idea as to how he was going to look after his father's, <coughs> his, his uncle's um, <coughs> um, livestock. <coughs> but then he worked very, very hard. And in the end, he said, it was God who blessed me. He said it was God who blessed me. He was able to say it was God who blessed me because he knew that God gave him the favor. God gave him the strength. God gave him the wisdom. God gave him the idea. <clears throat> Whenever his uncle changed his wage, God gave him an idea as to what he was supposed to do so that the things will work in his favor. And he did that diligently. And so we have to be diligent in our businesses. And that is the way that we are going to attract resources our way we are going to um, attract um, a lot of money our way if we are diligent in our business if we are diligent in our work any work that we are doing god is going to use that to bless us and so i'm going to go over the points that we have discussed today the first thing is that we have to use our resources wisely jesus christ demonstrated to us that he does not support waste he does not encourage waste. He said, gather the baskets, gather the pieces together so that nothing will be wasted. And if Jesus Christ does not support waste, we need to start looking at our expenses and cut, and cut off waste. We need to start placing value on every little dollar that we have. Every money that we have, we need to place value on it. Let's not say that, oh, this is just $10. This is just $20. You go out there, you want to buy something. Don't, don't, don't just say this is just $2. This is just 3 or 5 But you need to place value on every single dollar that you have. It is a sign of you being a faithful steward of what God has blessed you with. We realize that this, in Luke chapter 16, the steward, in, he lost his position as a steward because he was being wasteful. And this was a parable that Jesus Christ was sharing with the disciples. And so if we are wasteful, we are going to lose our stewardship. We are not going to attract the blessings of God. If we want God to bless us financially, we have to cut off waste from our lives. And that is going to stir up the blessings of God. And that means that you have to budget and assess your expenses on a monthly basis assess your expenses look at those things that were not necessary that you could cut off and cut them off be disciplined in your expenses when you ex when you spend be disciplined don't 
buy things that you don't need don't be so excessive even on the things that you need don't be so excessive in your expenditure <clears throat> the next thing we saw was that we should look out for opportunities in our environment bible says it is god who gives us the ability to make wealth and the ability that god gives us it will be in your opportunity where i'm sorry it will be in your environment so god is going to bring um, opportunities in your environment you need to have the mindset of searching for that opportunity so that you will find it. It will not just drop on your lap as you are sitting home, but you need to have that mindset that you are looking for opportunities to increase your wealth. You are increasing. You are looking for opportunities to increase your income. It must be something you think about and as you search in your environment, look out for it because God is going to use that to bless you. Because wherever God places you, he has a blessing for you and he's able to bless you in every location wherever you are found. And so look out for that opportunity in the area that you found that um, you, you find yourself. The third thing we discussed was to negotiate well. When we go to the negotiation table as children of God, let's not say, oh, we have left everything to God, but let's prepare and go. Let's pray. Definitely pray. God will give you favor, but you need to prepare as well as you go to the negotiation table. We saw that Jacob negotiated with his brother. He didn't really... Um, people call it a trick, but I, 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 when you read the passage word for word, you don't really see the trick. It was just that he knew the value of the birthright and his brother did not value his birthright. And when you read verse 34, the last sentence says that thus Esau despised his birthright. So Esau despised his birthright and Jacob knew the value of the birthright. And so we need to negotiate well as we step out into the world. And then we need to make savings a habit. Not only saving, but then invest, investing as well. We need to invest our savings. Look out for investment opportunity. When we read the parable last, last week, the master said the least you could do was to put my money with the bankers. I mean, interest rate, especially in the U.S., is very, very low. Very, very low. And, 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 and that whenever I read that scripture, I understand so well why the master said the least you could do was to put my money with the bankers because the interest rate is very low. Well, we need to look out for um, investing opportunities. And when, when regards to investment too, um, if you are going to select any investment, first of all, make sure that you understand the source of revenue for that investment because um, in recent times, there have been a lot of um, bad investments that has caused people to lose their money. And so we have to understand where the income, um, where the investment is getting its income from and see if it makes, if it makes sense. Um, they, they say that if it's too good to, to be true, then usually it's, it's actually too good to be true. And so we have to um, watch out when we go out um, as we select um, various investments um, that we want to put our money. And then the last one I mentioned today is that um, <clears throat> we need to work hard. Wherever we find ourselves, give off our best. And through our hard work, God is going to cause us to have more favor. When you look at Joseph, <clears throat> Joseph was diligent in his business that it got to a point that his uh, his master did not even care about the things that he has handed over to him because he knew that he knew that they were going to be done well. He was so diligent in the work that he, he was doing. 
and the presence of God with him also caused him to prosper. And so God does not encourage laziness and he does not support laziness. So as children of God, we need to work hard, um, be diligent in whatever we are doing, and it's going to cause God or attract the blessings of God. So tomorrow, um, next week, so we are going to add some of the principles as well, and then we'll talk about faith as well next week as we bring um, the study of financial stewardship to a close. Pastor Steve is going to um, continue, going to talk about stewardship the last week in the, uh, in the month of June as well. Um, I don't know if there's any question from the points that we have discussed so far. Any question? As we bring it to a close. Okay. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you for the opportunity to be here and to study your word. We are praying, O oh God, that we'll bind this word in our hearts, O oh God. We walk with it, we'll practice it. We'll practice it in the name of Jesus. Open our eyes to the opportunities we have in our environmental God in the name of Jesus. We pray you give us wisdom to be good stewardship, to be good stewards of what you have blessed us with. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.